What's up, guys? It's a snowy day in Washington, D.C., and the James Marshall Podcast starts right now. Today I'm talking about the last two games for the Redskins and how they can possibly beat the six-game winners, Texans, on Sunday. So I'm also talking about the Wizards today, I'm talking about the Warriors drama, and I'm talking about Duke and Alabama, and if anyone can beat either of them. I'm also giving you some fantasy advice and who to pick up on waivers in your fantasy football leagues. So I'll start it off by talking about the Wizards. They're on a three-game winning streak. Right now I believe they're 5-9. and nine. They started off really badly. They seem to be getting it together, but they've won against the Cavs last night, but the Cavs are the worst team in the league, so I don't know if that really counts, but the Wizards aren't looking so good right now, and even though they're on this three-game winning streak, they're still on the, in the cellar in the East, and let's just hope they can get it together and Otto Porter starts playing better, Markeith Morris, John Wall. Hopefully they start playing together and playing well like we're used to. Also, speaking of playing well and playing together, the Warriors, usually a drama-free season marching up, Kevin Durant to the championship, easy win, but Draymond Green and Kevin Durant got into a dispute. Draymond Green brought up Kevin Durant's contract. Draymond Green got suspended for one game. Tonight he's coming back, playing with the team. And Steph, actually, even though he's hurt, has to travel with the team to try to play, like, moderator and try to, like, calm everyone down. So, bad news for the Warriors, but they don't usually have bad news that often. So, the sports world kind of had needed this. Also, Duke and Alabama, you know, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Tyus Jones' brother, um, Trey Jones, I think his name is, four freshmen, they're really good, no one can really stop them right now, Zion is like Dominique Wilkins, a human highlight film, R.J. Barrett might be the number one pick in the draft, Cam Reddish might be top three as well, and Trey Jones is the point guard, he's kind of keeps everyone together, no one can really beat them right now, I'm a UNC fan, so I'm hoping that UNC can like, get one off of them, but it's going to be slim odds this year because they look like they can't lose. And I don't think they might go undefeated this season. Who knows? Also, speaking of undefeated teams, Alabama is 10-0. and They're looking to go 11-0 and against the Citadel. Not really a hard game. They're 59-point favorites. Um, The question, though, for this game is will they start to Tua Tangavailoa, their starting quarterback, who's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy because he has a banged-up knee. But Nick Saban is going to start him because he feels confident that he won't get hurt, I guess. But I don't think either team is going to lose unless Tua gets hurt or unless Zion Williamson gets hurt. I don't think either team is going to lose. Maybe Duke loses one or two, but that's all. And Alabama's going to run the table. They're probably going to win the national championship. So now I'm getting into the Redskins. 
So the first game I'm going to talk about is the Falcons game. Obviously, we got crushed by them, 38-14. to Julio Jones got his first reception touchdown of the year. We had it close for a second. It was 28-14. to We had the ball, and then that didn't work out. We just had a bad game defensively. DJ Swearinger didn't have his best game. Hawk Clinton Dix was still trying to learn the offense. So it wasn't our best game defensively. Our defensive front didn't play well at all. They got a lot of rushing yards off of us, even though they're not a very good rushing team now that Devontae Freeman's injured. And Matt Ryan just dissected us. It was not even funny. Our offense didn't play well either. Alex Smith played really badly. And that was a little bit due to, maybe even a lot due to the Offensive line injuries, Brandon Sheriff out for the year, torn pectoral muscle, Sean Laval tore his ACL, and Paul Richardson's also out for the year. Trent Williams was out for that game as well with a broken thumb. So three of our best, maybe three of, like the three best offensive linemen got hurt on our team. Morgan Moses was out for a lot of it. So... We were thinking, oh, we got crushed by the Falcons. It's going to be like the end of our season because we don't have our guys anymore. But then we come out and play a great game against the Buccaneers, which is the second game I'm talking about. We actually won that game. The Bucks entered the red zone five times in that game. Five times. And they came out with three points. That is, I do not understand that at all. But their kicker went two for three. Actually, he missed two of three in the red zone. And he made one in the red zone. So he went one for three kicking on the day. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw that ball, airmailed it, and then Josh Norman got that interception. And then also the Ryan Anderson play where he came up from behind and punched it out of Jacquez Rogers' hands. That was really good play. Hawkland Dix recovered that. And the Redskins ended up winning that game 16-3. to Alex Smith played maybe even his best game yet. He didn't turn it over, and he didn't really take sacks. Those are the two things I love about Alex Smith, even though he might not be the best quarterback in the league. And our offensive line played really well. Jonathan Cooper, who didn't have a job like four days before the game, we signed him. He used to play for the Patriots. And he had a great game at left guard. Our offensive line played really well. Bill Callahan's the best in the business at that. I think the Redskins can be really great going forward as well with his new and improved, even, offensive line if they keep playing the way they were playing the other day. And actually, the Redskins' game plan in that moment and Greg Minuski's game plan going into that game was actually to let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get into the red zone and basically depending on them only kicking field goals. He said before the game, if you let them down in the red zone five times and they kick five field goals, we will win this game. And they would have won. They would have won 16-15. to So that was his game plan. It ended up working. That builds a lot of trust in the locker room. Also, Tress Way averaged like 50 yards per punt. And four of his five punts were inside the 20. He was absolutely amazing. He might have even been the MVP of the game for me in that game. Okay, so that was a good Bucks win. Bad loss to the Falcons. We're two games up in the NFC East. Let's try to make it at least two 
keep it to or make it three on Sunday when we play the Texans. So my two things are we need the corners. So Josh Norman, and if Quentin Dunbar's there, he'll play. If not, Danny Johnson or Greg Stroman, who had a good play in the last game, they need to play well. They need to play really well because they got to cover Demarius Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, two of the best wide receivers in the game. And also our safeties, Ha Clinton Dix and DJ Swearinger, have to get into that party too. Our defensive backfield has to play really well. And our defensive front needs to contain Deshaun Watson. Because if you let him get out and scramble, I don't think our defense is fast enough to catch up with him and keep up with him. And then they'll just become that high-flying offense that we all know they are. So we those are the two things. If we can execute those on defense, hopefully our offense can get it together a little bit. And hopefully we can win that game. So those are the three Redskins games, and I'll conclude the show by talking about fantasy football. I'll give you three good waiver wire additions. So since Thursday night football is tonight, I'll do players from the Packers and the Seahawks. I say first person you need to add, Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers. Aaron Jones is running the ball really well right now. So even if he's on waiver wires, pick him up. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling is becoming the number two receiver behind Devontae Adams and the Packers receiving corp instead of Randall Cobb because he's dealing with injury. So if Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still out there, MVS, go pick him up. He's been averaging over 10 points per game, so he's a solid flex option in either PPR or non-PPR. Also, David Moore from the Seahawks, he's emerging as even the number one wide receiver and maybe even Russell Wilson's favorite target as Doug Baldwin is descending. So he's a good waiver wire pickup as well with high upside. And then my last one is Rashad Penny. He played really well last week. He had 108 yards in the TD. So if you calculate that, that's 16.8 fantasy points. And that's not even counting his receiving yards. So he was big last week. They will expect to see Chris Carson back this week. And Mike Davis will be in there a little bit. But Rashad Penny, for the long run, might become the number one running back in Seattle. So those are my fantasy football waiver wire editions for this week. And that is the end of my show. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good Thursday. Have a good weekend. And bye.